Hello, and welcome to the World We Live In podcast. I'm your host, Eric Patterson. Alongside me is Kyle Malden. Join us as we explore the amazing, mysterious aspects of our planet's cultures, history, and future trends. Welcome back. Um, Kyle Malden is still out of the country, so I brought my good bud um, and veteran of the podcast, Lucas Wilson. Lucas, happy, how are you, man? Very, very happy to be here, Eric. Thanks for having me. Glad to be a pinch hit in any kind of clutch situation I can be. Yes. Friend. Hey, that's what I usually uh, call you up for. <laughs> when things get bad. When things get bad. We call Luke. We gotta go. Um, dude, how have you been? Dude, doing great. Doing good? Doing real good, yeah. Just graduated from college. Yes. Which feels good. Officially a typical Nashvilleian now, bartending and writing music and doing all those things. And we love that. Yeah, I know. Something like that. It's going yeah. Going good, on. good. So last time we talked with you, we were discussing, um, that British explorer. Oh, my word. That who, was one uh, of the craziest stories Modern day. Modern yeah. day British explorer who got lost in... Papua New, Papua New Guinea. Guinea, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Oh, His man. name was, you know, it was Benedict. Benedict, oh, It was, it was super it was British. Super British. Yeah. It was. Super like British. Alan? He was Benedict Allen. Allen, yeah. yeah. I think it was. Yeah. That was fun. Oh, man. Um, I guess you could say we're back towards that type of story. Are we now? We are. I guess so. We are. Um... So, as many of you may know, but may not know the details, because they are slowly emerging. Um, we have the, the cutting edge news, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> the yes, the world podcast. we live in. Cutting edge news at its finest. <laughs> at its finest. Um, but, um, so, this, so these, uh, this young soccer team in Thailand, um, I'll give just a general outline and then we can go into details. They got lost in an underground cave um, for, they were not found for nine days, mind you. So they were lost for nine days inside a cave. And it took a total of eight, it was, there were 18 days in total that they were in the cave. So the rescue operation began after the ninth day when they were found. And, uh... Let me just get Lucas. Let me just get your initial reactions to this whole story. I remember. Exa- I remember where I was when I figured out that this was happening, and yeah. the reason is I felt like I was kind of living under my own cave, yeah. honestly, <laughs> because <laughs> I figured this out probably uh-huh. three or four days ago, and it had been going on for probably what a week and a half at least. When before I at least yeah that the, the world in general had been talking about this, and I was like. What? Where have I been? And I had yeah. I just had to get totally up to date yeah. on everything and it well, on everything that any news channel had provided and it just absolutely blew my mind. I cannot imagine what being trapped in a dark cave for mm. nine days mm. just in just in 
could be completely hopeless with absolutely no light, no nothing but the guys you're with. And you're a kid, man. These kids yeah, are like... Yeah, it's 11 to 16, I oh. think it said. And then I can't imagine being the, the coach that's oh, like, hey, guys, we should we should all go, you know, take a little team mm. bonding exercise into a cave. Mm. I just... Mm. Absolutely not. It, 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 it freaked me out real bad. But when I figured out that what was going on, I just had to get completely up to date. Yeah. I, it freaked me out. I wonder what the initial reaction of the coach was when he was like, oh, shit. No idea. Like Absolutely we, no that idea. we can't get out of here. Oh man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean, dude. And to a certain extent, I guess you wouldn't really expect the whole thing to get completely flooded. I mean, they obviously didn't swim in there. No, no, but, yeah, th- th- yeah. Oh. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. I mean, the coach. Obvi- I mean, obviously, they were just trying to. It, from what it seems like, they were just trying to probably have team bonding. Uh, you know, kind of go cave exploring and enjoy nature. Um, but yeah, oh, it much. just turned into the worst case scenario. It did quick, very quickly. So yeah, they were um, they were discovered after nine days, and um, I th- I think the most interesting part of this is the international communication Absolutely. and effort it took to. Get these guys out of there, and just the professionalism of of these Thai Navy divers and all the other uh, U.S. Uh, and British forces, U.S. and there. British guys, um, and I'm I'm assuming there were others as well that 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 fixed this up. So to get these guys out, they had to. There were two divers, one in the back and one in the front. And they were tied um, on this fixed static rope, and because um, the water, the water, you couldn't even see through it. it it's muddy. It's a cave. Um, and so, yeah, each boy wore a full face scuba mask plus a wetsuit, boots, and a helmet. And the two navy divers uh, accompanied each boy um, and carrying, and they carried the boy's air tank. Um, and yeah. They just guided him out. I can't imagine. They just guided him out. Can you imagine what it would be like, A, to be in a cave for nine days before somebody even showed up? Yeah. And then once they do show up, you get just completely blindsided. You're delirious. You're hungry. You're, they, they, they asked what day it was when oh, they dude, showed up. Your, uh, well, your circadian rhythm oh, has to man. just be completely totally thrown gone. off. You're just totally gone. gone. You're gone. And I, I was talking to Lucas about this before, like... After 18 days of being in a dark cave, now I guess there was there was light along the way illuminating the path because the divers had to like they had to go through the cave. I mean, one Thai Navy diver actually died, which we should mention that. Which that's just, I mean, that just goes to show how serious this they, was. This was and how yeah. delicate any kind of diving mission mm, can be. That's, that's very just true. Crazy diving, yeah, diving is very delicate. Um, and but also how willing that diver was to like risk his life mm-hmm. to save these boys. True. That is just. True. That's, I actually that's... have a really good buddy who's a Green Beret, one of the special forces in the army, and yeah. he's a combat diver. Mm. And I can't. I honestly, he hasn't told me a whole bunch of stories about it, yeah. probably because I don't really a need to know, <laughs> and b are just so phenomenally crazy that I can't even. 
yeah. really be able to comprehend it. So it's just, these guys are heroes. Yes, they are. They are. Um, yeah, but, so, after they get out of the cave, their, uh, yeah, I mean, their eyes had to just be... Can you imagine one of the, like having one of the navy divers show up in the in the little cabin? I know, just pop out of the water, pop out of light, too, yeah, and all the and you're just totally. Yeah, I mean, dude, you're probably just like a like a caged animal. Oh, like you can't even can't oh. even fathom it. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. Um, What's also crazy is how I heard that um, I read somewhere that there were these certain crevices that were so tightly put together. Mm like trying to get out of the cave that yeah. divers had to p- take their own tanks off uh, and push them through and then be able to follow in after their tank through these just super, super tight spaces that were underwater and then had to take, that's why they had to carry the kids. Yeah. Tank, yeah. Because then they would pull the kids tank through and then they had the kid tethered to them. So then they would pull the kid through these tight spaces uh-huh. and then try to be able to keep going through there like that. So I can't imagine, as a professional diver, taking your tank off and then pushing it forward through a space that you can't even fit through entirely. Yeah. yeah. And then just having to be able to, like, squeeze your way. I do. It's just, it's remarkable. The ability of the divers to stay calm. Mm. Well, this, this translates into our next, um, our next guy as well. Um, but, um, yeah, the ability to stay calm in that situation is like, that's really honestly probably the biggest part. Cause like by this point, if you're a professional diver, like you, you obviously know all the mechanics behind right. the scuba tanks right. and breathing and all that, but like, and especially if you're special forces for the tide. Oh yeah. Military, I mean, like those guys yeah. are, you've got to just get in your own head and get yes. to stay in your pocket. Yes. Yes, exactly. Otherwise, you won't make it. No, it's remarkable. And they got yeah. all of them out. All of them out, yes. All of them, all of them out. Um, everybody out, everybody alive. Yeah, I'm, I, for understandable reasons, they don't, there's not much information I could find on like the state of the boys, which mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure they're in a hospital, and, mm-hmm. which they, I mean, they, I don't need to know that. I, don't, I really don't think anyone needs to know that. It's obviously a very personal thing. <sighs> But yeah, I'm, I can only imagine that they're probably shaken up. Oh man, shaken up. I really hope that these kids don't have really long term effects from after going through such you know post traumatic stress. Yeah, that I, that's just. I hope not either. Um, that remarkable. would just be that would just be really mm-hmm. really unfortunate. But still, what a great international story of hope, man. It is. If, if you get anything from this, I would say the international collaboration is top-notch. Um, there's been a few of these, though. Do you remember those Chilean miners yeah, that got man. stuck? That, yeah. And they made a movie out of that. How many years ago was that? That was probably oh, like dude. three... I was going to say five, yeah, actually, but five somewhere, around, I, somewhere yeah. around there, I think. Um, oh, man. Yeah, that happened... I feel like there's one other, but I just can't remember off the top of my head. Can't either. That Chilean yeah. story was... That was nuts. That was... There were like 44 of them, though, as oh, well. There were a lot of that's them. That's right. And you know what they asked for? I remember hearing a uh, on Letterman, weirdly enough, they uh, had the Foo Fighters come on for a Dave Letterman show, and they were talking about the, the miners, and one of them asked, 
can I just please get an iPod with Foo Fighters songs on? Like, <laughs> oh, dude. if you can give me one thing right now, give me a Foo Fighters. Give me, I need the Foo Fighters stuff. Dude, that's funny. And they sent them an iPod, and this guy was listening to it, and then Dave Grohl was talking on yeah. Letterman about how if you're in your darkest hour, he's like, and you want my music? Like, that's... He was... Dave Grohl was blown away. Dude, I'm sure. That I'm, they asked, like, yeah. I want his music. Right? I'm in my dying moments, maybe. I need to be able to listen to that. Listen to the Foo Fighters. Crazy. Man. Can't imagine. That's sick. Can't imagine. That's sick. That's a, that's Pretty a cool. cool fact. Yeah. yeah. Super random. Yeah. Super, Super random. random. But we're all about that here at the... Uh, we love random stuff. <laughs> love random stuff. That's what we go off of. So, yeah. That's pretty much... That's pretty much a wrap on that, um... I will post the article from the Guardian. Uh, I thought it was pretty well done. They Absolutely. outlined. They oh, outlined yeah. it very the, well. The visual aids too. Visual sure aids. You guys need to look this up yeah. because the visual aids in here to be able to understand mm-hmm. circumstantially what they were going through is yeah. fascinating. Yeah, if you have some time, definitely check that out. Um, be on our website at worldwelivein.org. Um, you can find that under the podcast title heading. Um, well, cool. Let's transfer into some more underwater stuff. Um, so also crazy. Also crazy. Uh, this guy's name is Herbert Nietzsche. Um, N-I-T-S-C-H. And it's an Austrian dude. Yeah, this dude's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> the deepest man crazy. on earth. The deepest man on earth, yes. Um... He has a no limit world record of uh, of sorry eight hundred and thirty one feet. So this guy's a free diver. This guy's a free diver. Um, and yeah, he swims eight hundred and thirty one feet down. Swims eight hundred and thirty one feet down, and or is he attached to something? Are they like? So yeah, no limit, no limit is I believe this attachment thing. It looks like, for all you people that need to go look up yeah, the visual aids here, um, I'm sure Eric will do his due diligence and attach herbertniche.com. Yes. Uh, but there, it looks like he's s- s- kind of wedged himself between these uh, diving apparatus. It looks like he's yeah. hooked up between like two cylinders that just are intentionally designed to go as deep as possible. It is. It looks like two cylinder cylinders, which I'm gonna att- I'm gonna assume he's able to detach them once he's oh. reached his limit. Which I don't know how you know when you reach the limit, unless it's just a physical like, I'm about to die. There's a quote right here on the front yeah. of his webpage. Yeah, it says each time I think I've reached a limit, there is a door. It opens. And the limit is gone. Mm. How how poetic. Mm. He just... I don't understand. I guess you have to be so in tune with your body you do, to well, really understand where you're... And he's obviously done this so much and just a complete professional in this. Yeah, he's a professional. I mean, this dude is about as lean as anyone can get. I mean, he looks like a marathon runner. <laughs> he does. He looks like a marathon runner, which only makes sense because... I mean, someone with a lot of body mass just wouldn't be able to right. go He's that just deep. Lean as He's just lean, lean. Um, so yeah, this so yeah, this is what I, this is what I find most How fascinating. How did you find this guy? Uh, I just typed in, <laughs> I just typed in worlds, <laughs> the worlds uh, like deepest dive. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this guy. The mo- thing that I find most fascinating is this guy's ability to shut out everything and just. 
do it. Crazy. It's, it's, Crazy. But, it, but it's like a lot of people that do those extreme things like skydiving. Uh, I mean, these these uh, yeah. these Navy divers, these yeah. Thai Navy divers. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who... Has to protect that mental capacity to turn everything off. Just shut it off, yeah. Um, it's just... Uh, Which also transitions into our next guy pretty well. It does, it does. <laughs> well, it's anything extreme. <laughs> yeah, anything extreme. Did you see Travis Pastrana jump over... Did you evil stuff? Yeah, did you yes, evil I did. I did. He jumped like... How many buses? I, I mean, no dude, <laughs> it's a long way. I was watching, and it was like three seconds. I was like, oh my god. He's still in the air <laughs> right now. He's still jumping. There he goes. Um, but Man, yeah. This guy is absolutely phenomenal to me. First off, water freaks me out so bad. Mm, true, true. That I don't even know. First, I mean, that's probably because I'm a landlocked Tennessean. By sure. like, true, by and by. Yeah. But if water is just so powerful in general... I can't imagine a the kind of pressure it would put on your body mm. when you get down that deep, and yeah. how your ears and your, you know, all of that, just your inner ear function would deteriorate. I'm assuming I yeah. have no idea, but it's got to feel just. It does. I can't even imagine. Well, I'm wondering if he has like. Do, do you remember watching one of the videos and he's like, it looks like he's just sucking in air mm-hmm. before he goes down. Mm-hmm. There's obviously techniques. That I assume help mm-hmm. him go deeper, but like Dude, his lungs have to be like watermelons. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Huge to um, support that. Well, we, me and Kyle talked about these this group of people in Indonesia uh, called the Bajau. Have you heard of them? B a j a u. Their spleens have, I believe, it's a spleen. Their spleens have adapted to. They're larger than normal, and something about it, um, I can't remember off the top of my head, it was probably seven or eight episodes ago, but their spleen has adapted over thousands of years to free dive constantly. Ooh. And they're able to free dive, it's not, it's not super deep like this right, guy. Right, but they're enough to be able to go and... But they're under the water for like 15 minutes without oxygen. I, I'm serious. 15 it, it's minutes? A, it is a long ass time. Yes. It, I, dude, it's crazy. Herb's deep breath here is nine, nine minutes. Nine minutes. And that's like, that is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it is. It is. Well, and they, but they've had this lifestyle for... Millennia. For millennia. And, um, no yeah, Southeast Asia. Um, but yeah, they've had this for just years and years. Um, that's crazy. And yeah, that's all they do... Crazy. All they do is, like, they get all their food, it seems like, from the ocean. So I'm assuming these guys are diving, like, 30 feet at most. I may be deeper. It might be deeper, but it is not as deep as he he is going. As Herb. For sure. Herb's going deep. Yeah, Herb's a a deep diver. (laughs) He goes deep. But these guys... I guess just the consistency to be able to continue to fish underwater Mm -hmm. like that. That's the thing. That's crazy. That's 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 very fascinating. Yeah, yeah, very very fascinating. Um. So yeah, I wonder if Herb dives deep enough to where the ocean, like, you know how sunlight only reaches so far in the water. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I wonder how deep Herb really goes. If he goes. I wonder if he goes past that that point because mm. if his record is eight hundred something feet, 
that's a long way, man. That's a long way. Yeah, I don't. I did not see anything that says how long it took him to get 831 feet. That's remarkable. Yeah, I did not see anything about that. Way to go, Herb. <laughs> yeah, dude. 33 world records keep across on, all on. disciplines. Yeah, that's just that's remarkable. Um. Yeah, he just like he just like breaks just breaks consistent <laughs> records. Um, he has 33 world records. Yeah, 33 world records. Um, the deepest depth... 30. The deepest depth... Well, uh, deepest depth, no limit, was in Santorini, Greece in 2012. Unreal. So, doesn't sound like he's done it in a... Or bro- broken anything in a while. Wow. Most of his stuff was early... Two, let's see, 2001... Uh, all the way up to 2012. Twelve. I guess he's still holding them. Yeah, I mean, way to go, dude. That's just I, I'm good. I'm I am good. I will I will not be the contender to try to put Herb out of his money there. No, it's definitely not me. <laughs> definitely not me. <laughs> definitely um, not for me. Either. I'm gonna bask in his capabilities. <laughs> Live vicariously, <laughs> very vicariously. I am I am good. I'm an admirer. Yes, I am a Herb admirer. I'm a well. Herb admirer. I am as well. Shout out to Herb. <laughs> Keep on keeping on. Um, okay. Shall we talk about... Speaking of putting everything out of your mind, let's talk no about... No fear. A, no fear. Let's talk about a guy whose amygdala doesn't fire. Yeah. Um, okay, you... You take this one. All right. Start it off okay. for me. So, the next guy we want to talk about is a... Uh, debatably, the... World's greatest rock climber. This guy's name is Alex Honnold. He's like 30. He's from Sacramento, California. And he is most well known for climbing without a rope. Now, not to be confused, for all of you rock climbing aficionados out there, not to be confused with bouldering, this guy climbs 1,000, like 2,000, 3,000 foot Rock faces without a rope. Mm. Just some chalk, rubber shoes, and a North Face t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and there he goes. I'm going to um, assume he's sponsored. Uh, he is I'm certainly sorry. sponsored. <laughs> certainly sponsored. This guy lives out of his van and like travels all over the world. Obviously is sponsored by all these big companies like Patagonia and La Sportiva and mm. um, North Face and Cliff Bar. <laughs> and uh, he's just a total dirtbag climber that lives out of his van. But is uh, just so well known for being debatably the best rock climber that has ever lived. Yeah. There is like a, such a small percentage of professional and very, very active climbers that do what he does. He, what's called free soloing. So he just goes up these huge, huge routes without a rope. And once you get to a certain point, you have to go up to get off. Like, you can't go Oh, down. yeah, there's a, there's like, a point of no return. There, yeah, absolutely a point yeah. of no return. And he is... They have tried to understand what makes him so special to be able to do what he does. But eventually, somebody was like, hey, dude, we needed to get a CAT scan. Or we need to do an MRI of your brain or whatever. <laughs> there's we did, obviously there's something, something wrong. Yeah. Something is not normal <laughs> about you, my friend, because you are, you are certainly abnormal. And uh, 
So they threw him in a CAT scan one day, and he's just this totally goofy, like, kind of introverted guy that's going, okay, well, yeah, sure, I guess I'll go get a CAT scan. And they, they analyzed his brain, and he seriously, his amygdala, which is the fear center of your of your brain, does not fire. It just does, it, I mean, does not show up. And he's a totally normal guy if you have a regular conversation with him, and then he'll just get on a wall and he's a couple thousand feet up there, and he'll look straight down, and he's just holding on by his fingertips, and he's just like, no, oh, okay, that's cool, and he'll yep. keep keeping on. Mm. Honestly, he is kind of like Michael Jordan in a sense that he is the greatest of his field. Yeah, this is a good this is a good uh, point. Um, I feel like we're used to kind of the main sports being like the best, mm. but. Um, that's not really the case, man. In my opinion, um, okay, so you have like you have Alex Honnold, you have uh, Herb that we just talked about, um, dude. You have guys like um, David Goggins, Goggins. which uh, if you're not familiar, he's he, first of all he has a great, his uh, very inspiring backstory. Um, yes, and he's he yeah he just does ultra marathons, um, and there's a. Um, He's there, a Navy SEAL. Yes, he was a Navy SEAL. There and there are um, there are a ton of other uh, men and women who are pushing the boundaries of what just anyone thought possible. There's like so yeah, there's like ultra marathons. It's like a hundred miles. There are like even more than miles. that that are like two hundred and forty miles. Um, that I mean that's just I can't even think about what that feels like no um and yeah that's it's just crazy but my point in saying that is there are people out there that i think are more incredible athletes than than like a basketball like a basketball player player, or a football player Mm -hmm. one of those things like that yep yep man it's it really is just a testament to a what the human body can do. Yes. And be the human spirit as well. Mm. It's just, mm. I mean, the, the mental willpower and capability of these phenomenal athletes to be able to do what nobody else can do is yep. fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And I have been so tuned into this guy, Alex Honnold. Yeah, you've definitely before. followed him. And I understand. used to rock climb a lot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, I was in the gym, like, six days a week. Was doing, I, <laughs> Were you oh, dude, really? Yeah, absolutely. In, like, high school or early college? In, like, late late high school, and then I went to Chattanooga. That's right. And uh, so kind of early college, too. But, okay. man, I used to be pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I can see I, it. I mean, I, I've got yeah. the body type. I used to be able to, like, really, really, really get after mm. it. I, was, I used to be pretty good. So I was climbing, like, you know. 512 plus routes indoors and I mean I it was whenever you hear that you're kind of like oh, okay if you if you guys are rock climbers out there you're going to be kind of like all right 512 indoors whatever dude like okay that's great but like I mean I felt like I got to be I had taken the time to be able to get pretty strong at it yeah and uh then you get guys like Honnold and you get guys like Alex Sharma and or uh not Sharma Chris Sharma and uh, all these other just fantastic fantastic rock climbers and athletes and they will blow they just completely blow your mind i have a friend that met honald and uh 
he um went to, he came and climbed to climb national one day and I got a phone call and my buddy's like dude you've got to get down here Arnold's at the gym man you got to get down here and he I was, was at totally, climb national over off of Charlotte yeah right off Charlotte here oh damn and uh, I got a phone call from my buddy he's like dude you've got to get down here right now you've got to come meet this guy and uh, I couldn't get away for whatever yeah, where, yeah. where I was and uh, um he said that. Alex was just the coolest guy in the world. This guy hung out with him, like took pictures with him, and climbed with him, and just like got to hang out. Yeah. But he was specifically trying to boulder. Yeah. Because Alex Honnold is not the best known for bouldering. Uh-huh. Like, and for all you yeah, people that are kind of new to rock climbing or have any idea about it, rock climbing is um, basically three different kind of types of rock climbing. You've got sport climbing, shred climbing, and bouldering are yeah. kind of the big three. Um, there's also like mixed climbing and ice climbing. We're not going to get into that. But sport climbing is um, essentially where you clip into the wall as you go up, mm. as you're climbing. So the rope is attached to you, and then you have a bunch of what's called quick draws on you that you clip into the wall. Then you clip your rope into your draw as you keep going up. Um, is that like a safety thing? Yeah, absolutely okay. like a safety okay. thing. And then the trad basically is where you're placing gear in the wall. Mm. That's a little riskier and a little you know, more technically advanced. Where you're like placing gear and cracks in the wall and making stuff like kind of making it instead of putting your carabiner into a like a piton that's already drilled into the wall that is not going anywhere. Okay. So um, you've got sport, trad, and then bouldering is when you're climbing kind of a short distance with pads underneath you. So you're trying to climb a really difficult and technically advanced route um, that's maxed like, you know. 15 feet off the ground that you just kind of jump off and fall on a pad and you're okay gotcha um but honold is kind of akin to one of these sport climbers that can climb phenomenal distances that are also really difficult alex managed to um free solo el capitan yeah the yep. north face the north face of half dome and moonlight buttress in a day in Yosemite Valley, all three of them. Yeah. And if if you are like a phenomenal, unbelievably advanced climber, you can climb El Capitan in like three days, and you're like that is amazing. There are guys that bring out tents that pitch a tent I've on seen the that. wall, and they're like gonna go take a week or two just to go try to climb El Cap. And Honnold did it in three hours. If that makes any sense to you guys. He is just above and beyond what his caliber of and what his mm-hmm. you know peers are doing. Yep, and it's just there, there's you can't really compare anybody to him. I've I've heard of El Capitan, uh, but I didn't realize how tall it was. It's huge. Man. It is so the Burj Khalifa in Dubai is the tallest building in the world, and El Capitan is a vertical expanse stretching more than half a mile up, which is higher. Than Burj Khalifa. Unreal. You know, I heard that uh, Honnold, somebody wanted to call, try to get Alex to uh, go do, um, climb a building in Taiwan, like Taipei 101 or whatever it is, okay. or something like that. It's the second tallest building second in the tallest. world. Okay. And uh, it's in Taiwan, and yeah. somebody wanted Alex to try to climb it. And I think he was thinking about it, and they were going to put it on like National Geographic wow. and like, film the whole thing. Uh, of him doing it and he's always he's hilarious because you guys honestly if you feel like going down a rabbit hole today 
go look up Alex Honnold. Just go look up some videos of what he does because the visual representation is it it will blow your mind. Yep. Um, uh, there's a 60 minute special on him uh-huh. that's just fantastic. Yeah. Nat Geo, I'm re- we're um, I'm referencing a Nat Geo article, um, but I will post YouTube video uh, Nat Geo article, and if I think. If we can find them. Oh, I will recommend yeah. a ton of them. Yeah. Whatever so we'll post all those to our uh, worldweliveen.org and be sure to check those out because it is wild. It is wild. Um, freak athletes at the top of their game. Freak athletes, for sure. And also, I've always, I've, I've kind of been waiting for the day to see on social media uh-huh. that Alex Honnold's dead. Like, Dude. I, I re- I, it's one of those things, like, if I, I, if I read that, I'll be like, okay, yeah. That, that makes sense. What's also crazy is that all it would take is one slip. Literally one slip. That's it. Like, it doesn't matter if you're... I mean, he could be 30 feet up. Sure. He could just be starting out. Sure. Slips, and he's done. Slip, fall wrong, land on your neck, done. Done. And then you just hit a certain point, and it's like, the only way off is up. Yeah. There's this term called, like, I think it's called the flow state. Yeah. Where these high level, these high level, uh, just people in general, high level functioners, are able to reach this state where they just it becomes it becomes like second nature. They're able to do things that most people, most normal people can't do, but they're just able to do them yeah. because they've worked so hard, practiced so hard, and it's become so ingrained in their movement and their thought that it just it it gets it just, they just do it and this everything goes away yeah everything goes away and everyone we've talked about today including uh the those Thai divers um I mean you have that's that's where you have to be it's just not an option those, not to be there in my opinion those like special forces guys yeah. and these military people they hold another level in my mind. They do, man. Just because they do. I, you're, you are thro- there's a difference between being a free diver and being a rock climber yes. and getting thrown into something that you put yourself in. Yeah. And then there's also like, okay, we need to go get these guys out. Yeah. And we're going to have to do this. And this is our job today. Mm-hmm. And we're going to execute. And mm-hmm. then you put everything else out. Yeah. Even though you didn't exactly ask to be there. Yeah. These guys, the other, these high functioning athletes. Yeah. Those guys are like, I, this is my craft. This is what I've learned to be able to do. That's a good but delineation. Then these, but then mm-hmm. these military guys are just next level. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. Just, just remarkable. Yeah. But. And I've, I, I think I've felt like the very, very front of like a flow state type of thing. Same. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like. I don't Where, know, I feel in what like, situation have you? Felt uh, like well, that? I'm, I'm, um, I'm talking about like. Uh, Soccer, so I was a college athlete and played soccer, and yeah, I mean you work on it for so long, mm-hmm. and then you you get in the you get in the environment, and you just you know what to do, and uh, I feel like I feel like to some extent everyone feels it. Mm-hmm. I think there's ob- that was obviously different levels. I mean we're not mm-hmm. we're not free climbing El Capitan, mm-hmm. uh, but. That and then I felt it. I think I felt it briefly doing like a really long CrossFit workout. Yeah, to where you just have to put everything out and right. just do right. do the work, do the movements. So. I feel like I felt the same. Mm-hmm. I've had it in a couple flow state. Yeah, 
like modes. Yeah. So it's like I've had it in a couple different environments though. Okay. I think I really first experienced it, weirdly enough, playing music. Mm. Um, as a as a musician. That's a good I, point. Growing up, that was always my thing. Yeah. And you just are so attuned to your instrument it just kind of falls out of you and yeah. you don't really know how to explain it. Yeah. And it's just it, you just tap into something else and you, your brain just goes elsewhere. And then it just, it falls out. And I've also had it rock climbing. Mm. Big time. Yeah. Big time yeah. rock climbing and in music. But it's crazy because in rock climbing in particular, I you just do have enough reps and understand how the technique involved in it and what your body needs to do. You can just look up at a route and then just sit down, put your shoes on, chalk up, mm-hmm. and then to say, okay, and then just get on the wall, and then everything else goes away. And yeah. you are just thinking about the next move right in front of you, and you don't even start thinking about that, and it just feels like you're flying. Mm. It's weird. Yeah. Like, kind of like you're floating up the wall Yeah, whenever you're really in it. And it's just difficult moves just become mm. easy. It's weird. That is weird. But it's also interesting to make it akin to music. Yeah. And how it just... Everything else fl- falls away. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, seeing seeing, I I my mind first goes to John Mayer. Sure. Just because I've I've been like ten rows away from him mm-hmm. and seen him just. Dude, dude, I mean, dude, it doesn't dude, even look like he's well, trying. No, he's so good. But I mean, dude, that goes for in, anybody's favorite musicians. I mean, I've seen the Eagles live. They mm-hmm. do that. Um, Dude, John Fogarty. Oh man. I mean, Eric it's, Clapton. It's, it's part of you. It is. Really? Well, it becomes part of you. Yeah. And they've. It I does. Mean, what the Eagles, uh, Fogarty, oh, and Clapton. They've been doing come it for on. like almost forty so, years. Yeah. <laughs> They're old, That's dude. So amazing. So amazing. And it I really is. wonder what all the different forms in which a flow state can come out. Because well, that's yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Music, art, athletics, art. Who. Art would be very interesting oh, to, man. to talk about. How do you think Da Vinci felt when he was painting Mona Lisa? Come on. Oh, my God. Or, um, <laughs> or uh, who was it that did the... Sistine Chapel? The Sistine Chapel. Michelangelo. Michelangelo, dude. can't imagine, man. I mean, he's All freaking... He was, lying, he was <laughs> lying down on, like, a platform painting yeah. those insane murals mm-hmm. on... I mean, that is nuts. That is nuts. nuts. Or sculptors. Yeah. Um, you know what? My, uh... My dad's an artist, among many other things, but he uh, he just goes into a different world all the time. Yeah, it's like it's it's almost like an escape. I don't know if it's flow state for specifically, but there is something so therapeutic about art mm. in so many. And I'm not an artist. I'm a no, terrible, I'm not either. Terrible artist. I can't, I can't draw, draw or anything. anything. No, uh, uh-uh. um, and. Uh, but there's something about it. You see these people that just go into another world completely. Yeah. And they just find out that they find this little thing that they made. And you're like, that's spectacular. Mm. It's pretty amazing. So I'm so interested in music, art, athletics, sport, anything. It's just, you've got, you've got my attention. Food, cooking. Dude, that cooking. Happens to me. That happens to me yeah. too. Like you just start, you just start making something and then it's, Oh, this would be this would work, and then bang, bang, there it goes. Well, there gets to a point with cooking where um, same kind of yeah, you just know what to put 
with what? Yeah. And I'm I'm not talking about like professional chefs. That's a whole nother level. I'm just talking about like those could, guys are like craftsmen. It's they are craftsmen. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking of like I'm just actually thinking of myself. Like yeah, I can just like toss. The, I've gotten to the point, uh, like throughout college, having to like cook for myself. Where, and I, I assume yeah, you're the same way. I am certainly. Or, yeah, I mean we can just toss whatever you're like oh I think that'd be that'd be good there's so, also something so relaxing about it it's so it's so weird to be able to explain yeah we weren't planning on talking about cooking y'all we were not <laughs> not at all even though you did bring me uh, Michael Pollan's I did I did that's <laughs> so you know me and Eric are buddies when we borrow Michael Pollan's cookbooks this yeah. is hilarious <laughs> if you haven't read that that is a damn good book oh man he makes cooking and food just like the most attractive thing oh, ever it is. also there's a Netflix there is. On it. There is. Oh man, I've been meaning to watch that, but every time I think I'll watch it, I'll just get like super hungry. Because <laughs> <laughs> it stuff looks so good. It's true, man. Yeah. It's true. Oh, dude, that's awesome. So, well, guys, go enjoy your next flow state. Go find one. Yeah, seriously, whatever you do, uh, do shoot, well. shoot for the flow state. <laughs> yeah, shoot just for the, shoot flow, for the state. flow state. Yeah. Because uh, if you if you've never been like close to that uh i feel like you have i feel like even if you don't know that you have i think you have i think so if you have tried to a certain extent Mm -hmm. to really be able to execute something well and if you feel practiced in whatever your thing is i think you can find that i agree i agree i think it's i think it's more available than people want to think it is Sure. Mm -hmm. sure so yeah got one question for you to wrap it up if you could do any of, if you could free climb, free dive, or, or rescue Thai boys, or re- yeah, <laughs> or I don't know, cave, cave dive, or go be a spelunker, yeah, or be a spelunker. <laughs> which which one would you choose? Oh man, you know, that's interesting because yeah. I've been so plugged into the rock climbing world for a long time, yeah, that I would like to say that I could be the best at that. Some weird part of me wants to be that free diver. I'm gonna have to a free diver. I mean, I yeah. think that is really, really cool. I, I mean, if I knew that I was, you know, gonna make it. <laughs> True. If I was good. If I knew that I could be good enough to not, not screw that up real yeah. bad, I think there'd be something magical about just swimming around there in the reefs with Dude. some. I mean, that's pretty spectacular. Yeah, the ocean. I, me and Kyle have talked about this before, but. The ocean is a oh, crazy geez. place. Well, that's just the ocean's nuts. You need a full episode just on just on the ocean. Just on the ocean. Seriously. How unexplored too. Dude, we know more about space than we know about the ocean. Right. That's and, and the ocean's here. We haven't even been. To, I mean, we've been to space, oh. but like arguably oh. we haven't. We've only. I mean, we send probes past. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't even been past the moon. Oh man, that's just oh. yeah. It's wild. The world we live in. The world we live in. Uh, Lucas, man, thank you for being here. Thanks for it's having always me. Always a pleasure. So appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Happy to come in, clutch, whenever you need that backup. That yes. really hard, oh no, what's going to happen, guys? <laughs> you call Luke, you know what the move is. Well, dude, I did a solo episode last week. Oh, did you now? 58 minutes. <laughs> 58 minutes solo? Guys, how was it? Please, we want to know. We want to know Eric how that solo? was. I felt iffy about it. Um, <laughs> I really did. Listening back, I was like... There were some pauses, 
Um, but you know, I hope people understand. Uh, if you haven't tried that, it's extremely <laughs> difficult. It's Dude, extremely I can't difficult. imagine talking to a microphone for an hour. That's hilarious. Dude, it was but weird. I get to talk to you today. Yeah, I know. We had someone here. It, well, it was weird because I was talking about aliens as well, and it was like... <laughs> <laughs> the sun the was setting the sun was setting aliens. and I was like turning my head <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just oh, I was waiting dude. for like a light to shine through my window uh, as, oh, as the sun's setting oh man that's so funny it was pretty it was pretty comical oh god uh, but yeah pleasure so, always a pleasure thank you man um like I said uh, earlier in the episode, um, follow or sorry, go to our website at worldweliveen.org. Um, follow us on Twitter at worldweliveinpod. Um, we're sorry, worldwelivepod. Um, and then um, catch us on Facebook. Join the Facebook page, World We Live In Podcast. Um, there'll be some content coming up there. Um, and yeah. You can catch us on Audio Boom, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Rate and Review, uh, Spotify. And yeah, that's about it. That's all we got for today. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>